0: We got some RFA signings, we got a draft class, and an upcoming free agency period coming up for the Florida Panthers and the NHL. On this edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, Alex Baumgartner of the Five Reasons Sports Network will be talk will be coming on to chat more about everything the Florida Panthers have done in the past week and what we are anticipating coming up this week. All on today's episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast.
1: Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: And welcome into this Monday, July 11th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers. Podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're your team every day? Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers Podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez from PantherParkway.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at MonoMan12. Follow the show account on Twitter at lo underscore f l a Panthers. And thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers Podcast your first listen of the day. Don't forget to also subscribe to Locked On NHL and Locked On Fantasy Hockey, will be covering all the off season activities around. The National Hockey League. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, Panthers fans, uh, it's as you can see, it's a live edition of the show. Uh, For anyone listening on the audio, once you get the notification on your podcast app that you listen to the show, you'll see that it's an early release of Locked On Panthers. That is because we are in the offseason mode where there's trades, there's free agency signings, and things can get outdated very quickly. So at this time right now, 7.46 p.m. on a Sunday night, uh, we'll we'll be releasing this edition of the show early. But we got some RFA signings uh, that the Panthers had. We have a draft class to talk about, like I said at the beginning. And, man, lots to cover in relation to the Florida Panthers. But let me bring in my guest here on the show, a voice that you guys have heard many times on the show. Alex Baumgartner of the Fifth Line Five R Show on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Alex, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. I gotta, I gotta ask you, man. Uh, with no draft picks, of uh, no draft picks in the first two rounds, how was, how's your, how's your mindset and feeling going into the the first two rounds? Were you at ease, or, or how, how are you feeling during that time?
1: Um, I didn't really have a problem, Florida. New going into this draft, they're not going to have anyone until, I think it was like pick 93, 92, something around there. Um, wasn't necessarily a deep draft this year on paper, whereas next year's will be. So if there's a year to not have a first round or a second round pick, it's probably this one. Um, Florida went, you know, organizational needs this year. You're picking third over or third round for your first pick. So their first two picks, they went defenseman. Their first pick, they took um, a six-foot-three defenseman. And if you look at the Panthers' you know D depth chart from last year, majority of the season, you had one defenseman who was over six-foot, which is Aaron Ekblad. Every other defenseman was exactly six-foot on paper, according to NHL.com. Then they brought in Ben Ventura. So you had two of your active roster defensemen in the playoffs over six-foot. The rest were six. It's a pretty undersized defense if you're looking at it in NHL standards. So they go ahead. They grab a big body, who's six foot three. That was. Give um, me one second. I have it right here. Does I want to mess up the name?
0: Merrick Alsher.
1: Merrick Alsher. Yeah. So obviously, defensemen take quite a while to progress and develop. Don't expect really any of these guys to compete for a roster spot. At the least, for three years, maybe I would say at least three years. Um, they went two defensemen for the first two picks. Florida's defense is probably, I would say, out of the the three depth position, out of the three positions, it's probably the weaker out of the three. Spencer Knight's not a prospect anymore, but you know you have a twenty one year old goaltender who hasn't played as a starter. That's almost like a prospect who's just kind of getting under his wings. And they got Matt Guzda from the Barry Colts. They signed him. He's going to be pretty good. They go ahead and they take another goaltender from the U.S. National Development Program, which is where Spencer Knight played. This guy is going to UNH. So, um, you know, I I like what they did. It was uh, Tyler Musilik. That's the goaltender they took. Florida, we talked before the show, and you said 3-2-1, they got the forwards, the defense, and the goaltender. You said it was a line. You know, you, you cover your bases there. So um, they also traded into the seventh round to get another pick, and that pick was um, Liam Arnsby at 214. So they stuck at 221. They took Jack Devine, and they went in, and they grabbed Arnsby. Arnsby's teammate Shane Wright went fourth. Arnsby played on the Don Mills Flyers U8, uh, U16 8 u AAA A. That team had six guys he had drafted in two years in the NHL. So for a GTHL team, that's quite something.
0: Mm -hmm. And uh, Arnsby was asked about uh, celebrating with all of his teammates of being uh, drafted and all. And we think about where – you. I like that you mentioned some of the hype for for the Panthers and their defense. And, of course, not expecting any of these players to be part of the organization for another three years. And you think about some of the defense that were traded – in the Florida Panthers organization of uh, Vladislav Koliachanek, which one of was one of them traded to the Arizona coyotes along with Anton Stroman, even though he's an older, uh, veteran player, still under contract. They were shown, shown the door by the Panthers. So you're, you're putting, you're putting those bodies back into the system. Merrick alsher who played in the same, uh, WHL team as John Ludwig and John Ludwig, uh, struggle with injuries, uh, this year for the Charlotte checkers. So, um, uh, Recouping some of that uh, those bodies in your system is great for the Panthers. <laughs> and then um, L- Ludwig uh, Janssen, uh, another player from sp- Sweden, he spoke to the media. He's going to be back home in Sweden for a few years before making his way over. Um, and then <clears> the only the only player that wasn't uh, pre- at least present to the media and is not going to be at prospect camp for the Panthers uh, that is going on July 11 to the 15 is Sandus Villamis. Um uh, forward, left wing, born in Latvia, played in Sweden, 32 points in 40 games. And also, I think about this. The, the Panthers, in the way that they drafted, they drafted a lot of ch- some championship experience along with some leadership. You th- we talked about Liam Arntby, um earlier. He, he was uh, the captain for his team in the OHL for North Bay Battalion, too. And you think about Zach Devine, uh, De- or Devine, excuse me. Uh, you mentioned U.S. National Team Development Program uh, many players get drafted out of there. I mean, and, uh, and also a national championship played with Mike Mike Benny, who scored a power play goal game winner in the <coughs> championship game and talked about how Mike Benning is one of his teammates. So I think it's going to be some fun times for, uh, Jack Devine and Mike Benning even next year. Yeah. Like when,
1: after, after the first two rounds, it's really like kind of just out of your prospect pool swinging on guys that you think could make differences. You look at the third round, you got I think Braden Point was like a, like a late second or a third round pick. Um, you know, they talked about McKenzie Weger maybe six times on the NHL network. Yeah. Like before we even hit the fifth round, they were talking about Mackenzie Weger. So lots of love for the um Florida Panthers defenseman who was a seventh round pick. Obviously, Patrick Horne, his seventh round pick. I believe Joe Pavelski was a seventh round pick at one point. Um. Don't quote me on that, but I think he was. You, you know, every once in a while, you're gonna find a player that might have you know fell under the radar during his junior hockey career. Martin Saint Louis was um, you know, one of those guys that was under the radar. And then he wins a cup, and he uh, he goes to the Hockey Hall of Fame, and now he's the coach of the Canadiens. So um, that's what you're doing in the draft. You're you're building on your prospect pool, like you said. You're taking swings on some guys. I think taking a sandy Sandys Villamanis at 157, he played in the J20 league. He didn't play professionally in Sweden last year. He split, you know, he played mostly J20, played a couple games, J18, Latvian forward. That's a swing kind of guy, you know. know, Maybe he has some upside, maybe he develops. So I do like what they did. I can't say I watched any of these guys play before um, they got drafted, but that's going to happen a lot when you're taking guys later in the rounds. But, um, you know, Florida kind of, you know, checked off the boxes. I think their forward depth prospect-wise is really high still. Mackie Samiskovich, uh, Senko, who I believe they re-signed. Um, Justin Sordiff might be a surprise guy that can compete. Uh, if he gets into training, if he has a good dev camp and he gets to call up to training camp, he might be a guy that's going to compete for... You know, one of those bottom spots, maybe get his eight, nine games in the NHL for the entry level. Um, There's quite a few forward prospects in the Panthers organization that are going to look good. I mean, Cole Schwinn turned it up in Charlotte. So, um, there's going to be a couple spots up for grabs. You know, the Panthers had a really deep team last year forward-wise. They're going to have most of those guys back. There's going to be a couple spots down there that maybe someone can kind of try and steal one.
0: Yeah and I like that you mentioned uh, Vil- Vilmanis. He also played in the World Junior Championship uh and he's no he's more uh known as a goal scorer as, as well uh 32 points, 18 goals, 14 uh assists in 40 games. Uh it- and uh played once again played in uh World Junior. And let's uh talk about So I think uh, he
1: played Division 1 A World Junior, right? Was
0: yeah, uh, what was? U18 U18 World Junior. So okay. that's what he played. So and also one more thing, let's talk about the goalie. Uh l- let's talk about the goalie, Tyler Muzalek. Uh not only do they did they sign Matt uh Gusta, but they also the day after they traded Devin Levi in the same Reinhardt trade, they uh drafted Kuro Kurchemyak in the fifth round last year. So they're adding to the goalie excellence department. And Bill Zito was asked about that pick and the goalie excellence department, you, you know, the long goes part of it and banging Bill Zito described it as banging the table quite a bit for uh, for Tyler Muzelic as well. So it it gives me confidence that with the Levi pick and, and improving his trade value that this is going to be another one. And that and when you if, if you just look at the numbers itself, there's a big jump from 2021 to 2022 just in one year. His save percentage was around 850. You know, not good. But, you know, he got around 900 in just a one-year jump. So-, so you also have to look at where he
1: was playing. The U.S. National Development Team, um, year one, they play USHL teams mm. as senior or 16, 17-year-olds, right? Mm. And then year two, you're playing NCAA teams. So you're playing a lot faster, bigger competition. You have to look at that. Also, COVID year, the goaltenders have a slower learning curve than any uh, player – Position in hockey, they missed, you know, a full year basically. There, yeah, you can train as much as you want. When you're not getting high-level competition at consistent reps, um, the the curve's gonna be a little weird. And it was kind of weird this year for goaltenders. There wasn't really a high-end goalie prospect. Where in years past we've seen first round guys, you know, go consecutive years. I think it was three years or something like that. We had Kosa, we had um Spencer Knight, we had that Russian guy who went to Nashville, Askarov. Aspera. so Mm. there's you know this wasn't necessarily a goalie year. this is kind of when you start swinging on guys hoping that development curve is going to pick up a little bit goaltenders they don't scout them that crazily they were talking about it on nhl network um some of the you know the funding that you put into scouting other guys and doesn't necessarily go into goaltending just because of how you know deep and how long it takes to develop a goalie look at guys like Kemper, who wins the cup, ECHL, uh, Jordan Binnington was, I believe, sent to the ECHL at one point, wins the cup. You never know what the goaltenders, so, um, you know, if the goalie department of excellence or the Florida Panthers like it, I can't complain.
0: Yeah, and, he, and also, let's put a little perspective in one of the picks as well. Um, we mentioned Lee, Leon Arnsby earlier the florida panthers trade back um into the 7th round. Well, they already had the the 221st pick, but they added an, another pick uh 214. They it was basically a pick swap from their from their uh 7th round pick in 2023. But they already also they all they still have a 7th round pick in 2023 due to that trade with the Arizona Coyotes uh with Anton Stroman as well. So they they didn't they didn't lose too many chips just in that. So it's a very low risk High reward type of trade. We we mentioned it earlier. Captain for um, for uh, North Bay Bat- Battalion um, and for also this is that th- this person is in your system earlier. And even if they're not offered in an ELC, that that you get you get some games in as you get some games um, in your in your in your organization, and then teams can look at that, and that could be another trade piece down the line now seeing that they have a few games under their belt so i kind of like that as far as like a pick swap for the panthers there you know if
1: florida likes a guy and they make the jump in that they clearly wanted they saw upside in r leadership wise 18 years old you're the captain of an ohl team usually when you're 18 you're the captain of an ohl team you've been there for a while you know shane Wright, exceptional status obviously uh, captain of the kings and Frontenacs. um it usually happens with those high-end uh, first-round potential prospects alexi lafreniere uh, I believe he was the either the assistant or he was the captain. He was the captain at 18, right? So, um, you know, Arnsby, I was pretty impressed to know that he was the captain at 18 for a guy that didn't have, you know, top five round hype necessarily. Mm-hmm. So um, Florida liked his game. Um, so I, I don't necessarily think they're looking exactly like this guy might be a good trade piece. Maybe it's more like, you know, put a guy into our organization, Maybe he will strive higher than others expected. And that usually happens with every team picking in the later rounds. You know, if you told the Panthers, Mackenzie Weger will be getting Norris trophy votes five years after, six years after you drafted him, they'd probably be like, all right, yeah, we're definitely happy we took him. So (laughs)
0: um,
1: that's the the game of the NHL draft. The scouts like someone and um, take a swing on them.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, hey, we'll, we'll see what these guys look like a few years from now. That's for sure. But we're gonna transition over to the next segment where we're gonna talk about a few RFA signings for the Panthers um, ahead of Wednesday's uh, free agency period for the NHL. But first we're gonna tell you all about Athletic Greens. And I've been using AG1 because sometimes, as a, as a person who can be a little addicted to coffee, sometimes I need a little bit of a break from, from it. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you are absorbing <coughs> 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, full food source superfoods, probiotic and adaptogen. It helps you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients support your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things. Right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you one free free year supply immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right. We're back here on this second segment of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast on this Monday, July 11th. I'm Ronda Velez. I got Alex Baumgartner from the five reasons sports network here to discuss more about the Florida Panthers and what they've done in the last week. And like, like I told you pre-recording Alex during Friday's show, I, uh, I, I usually have my phone down, uh, face down. I usually try not to re- uh, recheck, the, recheck the feed too much as I'm recording. But in the middle of that, that's when the announcement of Etulus uh given an extension for the Panthers, uh, as well as Lucas Carlson uh, being offered an extension for the Florida Panthers. Uh, let's start with Etulus Theranen. The a Dale Talon trade just a few years ago uh, for Vincent Trocek. Now Vincent Trocek is scheduled to be a uh, UFA. Um, I'm I'm not sure if Pittsburgh is in the mix, even though he's a Pittsburgh native. Um, I'm not I'm not sure where Pittsburgh fits for Trocheck. But Lustrinen, he has been he has proven to be <coughs> a valuable bottom six player, a valuable penalty kill. And like I said during the season, I felt like that every other game when the Panthers were on the PK, especially later on in the season. I felt like there was a lot of short-handed chances that him and Jonathan Huberto had on that on that unit. Uh Lister Ryan a
1: utility guy. He's 23 years old. When I say utility, high-skill utility guy where you can kind of plug him wherever you need, he really solidified his name this year that the year before um Owen Tippett was getting more, you know, rap like looks as the two rookies on the team. I thought Lister Ryan's game was very raw. He Tried to do too much in the corners. Had the flashiness. And he really simplified his game. Like, extremely simplified his game. He didn't do ridiculous, stupid moves in the corner. Got the pucks in deep. Ed rarely made mistakes in his second year. Which shows the maturity level of this guy. I remember watching him his rookie year. Like, you know what? The talent's there, but he's very raw. He really polished his game. As you said, penalty kill. He was extremely dangerous. And, you know, all the fins. Are really good penalty killers and the way that they teach the game in finland you know it's very defensively sound these guys are really good players they're really good positionally they got a lot of hockey iq Ed listerine no question when you're looking at lundell and barkov listerine is right up there with them penalty kill wise 1.5 million two-year deal biggest part is you're taking him to rfa status right after this expiration so that's great work um Anywhere between 1.25 to 1.75 is honestly a respectable deal for him. Kind of like a prove-it year or a two-year prove-it deal. Almost like a bridge where you're going to take him to 25. That's when guys are about to hit their prime, really. And uh, he has two years to kind of try and make, you know, double that money. I wouldn't be surprised at the end of this contract if Atulusirin is demanding 3.5 to 4 million on a multi-year deal because he's just that good. He's not gonna flash you out of the way with the amount of goals he's gonna score, but he's a hard worker. He's you can put him on the penalty kill. If you need to plug him on the power play, he's smart enough to do that. Panthers don't need to with the firepower. But um, you know, great way for the Panthers to, you know, keep one of the guys that they've really polished at home there. And um Vincent Trocheck, obviously great player for the Panthers. He's probably gonna get paid pretty nicely this offseason. Don't know if Pittsburgh has that much money because they got the Latane contract they just put in and obviously um, Malkin is still unsigned but uh, yeah there's gonna be quite a couple suitors for guys like Trocheck and Kadri. Uh, Lister Ryan fits the team really nicely, so great great pickup.
0: Mm-hmm. And apparently, uh, apparently uh, Sidney Crosby paid a visit to uh, to Malkin in his home in South Florida <laughs> to discuss uh, what's been going on uh, with his contract situation and. Ooh, that's a little bit of a of a mess right there in Pittsburgh. Hey, Viennie Malkin,
1: UFA, Viennie Malkin's one of the best players of the generation. Easy first ballot Hall of Famer. You know, whoever gets a Viennie Malkin, they might get him on a nice looking deal. You know, he's a good player. How
0: how much do you buy how much do you buy that whole Malkin to Washington? I I don't know how much I buy that.
1: Um, I haven't listened to any reports on that. I wouldn't know. I really don't know what to say. I don't know. Washington's cap situation. I don't know if Malkin is necessarily the fit for Washington. I don't know exactly where Washington is in terms of their contract expirations. You plug Evgeny Malkin anywhere, he's gonna make a team better. That's all I know. uh He stays healthy, he stays on the ice, he's gonna be a difference maker. It just kind of depends the number and the fit.
0: It just wouldn't feel right, like, uh, like I'm, and I'm not even a fan of either of those teams. It just wouldn't feel right after all those battles, all those years. I mean there there was rumors about flurry like earlier earlier last uh season it, during the trade deadline about going to washington and and it, it just it just doesn't seem right uh based on on that situation you know but- quickly on that situation
1: if it was a couple of years ago and you said of getting malkin the capitals you'd be like wow you're like no chance i mean i'm not saying there's a chance but the, the capitals penguins rivalry is kind of died down a little bit after the both teams went on their cup runs I think, um, not seeing each other in the playoffs for a couple of years, definitely down, you know, made the the rivalry down a little less, but, um, still nonetheless would be kind of weird seeing, uh, you know, Malkin in a Washington Capitals jersey. He did play with Ovechkin a lot on the Russian national team, but, um, yeah, I don't know too much about that situation, but it'd definitely be interesting to see him play with Ovechkin one more time.
0: Yeah. Let's move on to Carlson. Um, got, got a, uh, (laughs) Got got a new contract for the for the Panthers, uh, and Carlson. He's of course he's was viewed as the as the seventh defenseman on the team. Uh, a one a one year uh, two two way contract for uh, Lucas Carlson, and for for him eight hundred k on the uh, as his cap hit. So uh, let let me see how many games specifically uh, Carlson played. He, like he played forty, like 40 games. Yeah. yeah, he played 40 games, and that's the continuation. Even though even though to give up uh, what the Panthers gave up to get Carlson, of course, it, it costed Henrik Borstrom, who had a, tr- a hard time developing when he was with the Panthers, but it just continues the theme that even when they give up draft capital for a trade, that they continue to sign. I mean, we talked about Brandon Montour. We talked about um, Sam Bennett. We've talked about Sam Reinhardt. Yet, even though this isn't a high – draft pick that they gave up to get Carlson. Hey, they're they they look to they look to uh to they they got they were able to extend them one more year and just like atulustrainan another prove it deal for Carlson and Carlson had one of the biggest highlight reel blocks this season against Carolina um against uh it was Kakaniemi and someone else but uh but it was just one of the best highlight reel uh blocks that that we've seen from Carlson. This is definitely
1: more of a prove it deal. One year does take you to RFA status once again, but it's a two-way deal, whereas the at where 2 the uh, was a one-year deal. So there is a chance that he can get sent down. Um, you know, Carlson's a plug-in, plug-out kind of guy. He's not a consistent top six guy on a team yet. Um, I don't know necessarily. He's 25 right now. You can always fight back and try and solidify yourself in the top six he's for me he's a plug-in plug-out kind of guy which is what you're gonna need you know you see injuries every year especially with defensemen um you know six defensemen in the ice compared to uh 12 forward on, on any given night 12 forwards so um wear and tear he's a he's a really solid guy to plug in plug out i liked him kind of in that role he played 40 games so out of all those kind of like long-term 7-D, he was easily the most consistent and the one trusted most upon by the Panthers. And when you got Robert Haig, UFA, don't necessarily know if they're going to try and bring him back. But Terry Lindbaum, who was kind of an end-of-the-year signing, brought him over from Finland. He didn't play that much. And then Ben Sherratt was a big UFA guy. Or uh, he's a UFA. He was the big kind of defenseman that he went to pick up at the deadline. Gave up a first-round pick, gave up some assets for that. I don't know the number. Panthers are kind of hard cap right now it's a dead cap. It's a, you know, it's a, a flat cap year once again. So, uh, it's going to be tough. And that's why they have like, you know, 800 K for Carlson two way deal. We won't lose him to waivers. We can pull him down to the minors and we need to bury him for a little bit, or if he's not, you know, he needs some game reps. It's a, you know, it's a no risk signing for them.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and prior to, and prior to the, the Panthers uh, signing Carlson to that extension, there's uh there was only uh five of the veterans uh for the Panthers who were under contract next year. So there was gonna be one additional uh person needed uh for the cats there for for on their roster. So there wasn't much uh from there's not much there's not gonna be much from the from the miners coming up to fill those spots immediately, but but hey, you, you got familiarity on your on your team uh, with Carlson and then the other five guys who are already under contract for yet another year. And Speaking of Panthers who are under contract, Panthers defensemen, excuse me, who are under contract, we're going to talk about a little bit of a rumor that's going on around Panthers circles and a team in the Atlantic division uh, it, and see whether a trade for this player makes any sense. <coughs> and we're, we're going to talk about that in the next segment here on Locked On Panthers. But first we're going to tell you all about Online. And BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports development, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL play- NHL free agency, and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continuous source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and sports. And BetOnline.net remains your best spot for all your sports sports, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA boxing and golf it's a website today or use mobile device to learn more about the trends and action bet online where the game starts third and final segment here on this monday july 11th edition of the locked on florida panthers podcast i'm ramando velez i got alex Baumgartner of the fifth line 5r show on the five reasons sports network here joining me to talk all about the panthers (coughs) and what they've done over the last week and what's about to come so Right now, as we record this at 8 13 p.m. on a Sunday night um, live uh on, on the YouTube channel, the Florida Panthers have less than a million dollars in cap space. You mentioned right before we went to break um, about the flat cap continuing for the for the NHL. And it makes uh it makes uh the teams that are contenders in a very tough spot when it comes to building <clears throat> a team for next year. I mean you only have so many players under under contract, and so many players that you gotta you gotta fill a roster, and only so much money. And for, before we get to a, a a panther that they traded for, let's talk about a panther that they drafted um, a, a few um, quite a, <laughs> quite a bit ago in Mackenzie Weegar. They, of course, we talked about seventh round um, that he was drafted. The the broadcast mentioned it quite a few times, and there was a rumor saying that Ottawa was apparently kicking the tires on a possible Mackenzie Uyghur trade. At, at first, when I saw that report, was, I said, okay, offer a second and I'll think about it and I'll get, and I'll get back to you Pierre, Pierre Dorian. But then I thought about this as well. I thought about this. The Panthers are a contender um, this year, at least on paper. Yeah. Now, does it really make sense for, for the Panthers to try to trade Mackenzie Weegar right now in order to in order to get a draft pick, and if you're afraid of losing him next year, Panthers I don't think, care. <laughs> I think it would make more sense for Mackenzie Weegar to still be on the Panthers next year and and still have the season play out, especially well, with what. Go ahead. Oh, well, you mentioned a second round pick. If the Panthers are
1: gonna trade a season of Mackenzie Weegar for a second-round pick, I'd rather lose Mackenzie Weegar for free than give up a second-round pick. And now I'm not a Mackenzie Weegar fanboy by any means. I'm not a Mackenzie Weegar truther. I think he needs to. He should be on this team. If if he's from Ottawa, Ottawa needs a right-handed defenseman. Whenever Jake Sanderson's ready, whether it's this year or the next year, I'm gonna assume they're gonna want Jake Sanderson signed now, because then you're getting into the NCAA has one year left maybe i hold out and i sign wherever i want for a first round pick they're gonna probably try and sign jake sanderson if they haven't already i don't think they they have, they have. signed jake anderson have. or sanderson excuse me i'm looking at it right now so you got thomas chabot left-handed d jake sanderson left-handed d um i don't remember which eric branch from left-handed D. You're left-handed d heavy on that team for your young kind of young guns Right-handed D, it's not that strong. They want a right-handed defenseman, Mackenzie Wieger, one year away from extension. He's able to sign an extension very soon. Of course, they're going to try and inquire, but Florida doesn't need picks. The Florida Panthers, they went for Paul Maurice for a reason. They're ready to win right now. If Andrew Burnett doesn't keep his head coaching job after taking a team to a President's Trophy, his runner-up in the the, uh, Coach of the Year awards, there's absolutely zero chance they're trading Mackenzie Weger for anything less than a guy that's going to be able to jump back in. And quite frankly, there's no one that's going to be able to jump back in like Mackenzie Weger. Whether you like him or not, I don't think there's a, a guy on the table anywhere in the NHL that's going to fill the role like Mackenzie Weger's been able to. So I don't think, I think Mackenzie Weager's happy in Florida. I think he's going to try and get an extension done now. Um, before he has another season, it's probably smart for him to try and sign the extension now. I think Florida is interested as well, so um, I don't see McKenzie Weaker going anywhere this season.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I said, like I said, uh, they're they're contending; they want to win right now. And like you, I, I like that you mentioned who if they're if they're going to ship him out, you got to replace him with someone who's gonna gonna help th- this team win at this moment in time. And if they were in middle of the pack, sure, maybe you do it. But a president's trophy winner, I, I don't I don't see and I, I want I, I want you to mention I, I want you to mention something <coughs> on the show that we mentioned prior to recording about kicking the tires. What do you think they tell tell everyone listening what do you think they they meant by when it came to kicking the tires on the trade? Honestly, I don't exactly know, but when I hear kicking the tires,
1: I'm not sure if that's starting something up, you know, kicking it up, or if, you know, you're kicking it to stop. So whatever it is, there was definitely interest. It makes sense why Ottawa would want Weger, not just because he's the hometown guy. Weger would be able to jump in. And Ottawa, their defense, besides Chabot, Brandstrom hasn't really played. Sanders has never played in the NHL. You got Zaitsev, you got Hamannick, you got Zub. It's not really the best defense. Obviously, they traded, they made a great trade for Alex DeBrincat. Oh, yeah. You know, they get a consistent, you know, 30 plus, 40 plus goal score. DeBrincat could debate be in the debate for top five goal scorer in the NHL after Matthews, Dry Sidle, and Ovechkin. And the stats prove it. Uh he's easily a top 10 goal scorer in the NHL. So you bring him in with Brady Kachuk, Tim Stretzla, um Shane Pinto, Carter Brown, you know. They have a nice team on paper, but I don't, you know, the Atlantic is still a tough, tough out. You got the Panthers, you got the Lightning, you have the Leafs, whatever you want to say about the Bruins. The Bruins have consistently done it, and they're pretty much running it back unless Pasternak really wants out. But that's another story for another day. Um, I don't necessarily think Ottawa is going to make the playoffs, but they're definitely going to be a competitive team. They're definitely going to be a competitive team, but I th- they could still easily fall out of the playoffs with how strong the East is again.
0: Mm. And let's not forget that Dick Debraska rescinded his uh, trade request from the Bruins after getting uh, his extension at the trade deadline just uh, this past season. And speaking of Ottawa with, and you know, they they made a home run type of trade, like you said in on on right before the NHL entry draft started. And it got me thinking uh, there, about their chances of possibly um, excuse me, not resigning, signing uh free agent Claude Drew uh to, to the Sens. Of course, he's uh he's from the area. And I, I think <laughs> that with that debrin trade, part of me feels like that it's sending a message saying, Hey Claude, we're ready to win. What's what, what what's your take on it? I don't know if they're ready to win. DeBrincat's 24,
1: and Debrinkat lines up perfectly with the you know, the core of this team, which is 22-year-old Brady Kachuk, 20-year-old Tim Sturzler, 25-year-old Thomas Chabot, um, 20-year-old Jake Sanderson. He's lining up perfectly alongside those. And let's think of another team who had guys around that age range a couple of years ago, six years ago, Florida Panthers' Jonathan Huberto. Alexander Barkov, Aaron Ekblad, Mackenzie Wieger jumps into the fray. You have a core kind of built around the exact same three- to four-year age gap. Alex Debrinkat's falling perfectly in there. Now, Claude Giroux, 1,000 NHL games. He's 34 years old. Now, Armando, maybe 37, 38. I could easily see him saying, ooh, 28, 27, 28-year-old 28 Alex DeBrincat." Has put up multiple 40 goal seasons. Brady Kachuk, multiple time All-Star, one of the best, you know, big time centers in the league at this point, whatever it is. Thomas Chabot, great defenseman. Jake Sanderson. I like what they're doing. They're adding, they've been adding pieces as the team's getting better. Not yet for me. Claude Drew has mm-hmm. some unfinished business. He can go play for a contender for a couple more years. He can still play. He was good in the playoffs, one of the better players in the playoffs for the Panthers, if not the second-best forward after Carter Verhage. I don't know if it's going to be in Florida, but I know there's some unfinished business with Claude Giroux. I know there's interest from both sides, from reports. I've been saying I don't see a 34-year-old Claude Giroux who still has some game in his step going to a team that's not Ottawa's not a contender. They're a competitor for a playoff spot. That's what they are. He's still going to have to do a lot of heavy lifting, where in Florida, he's not going to have to do the number, the heavy lifting as much. Because the top nine in the Florida Panthers is probably going to compete with that top line with, with the Ottawa Senators. The third line can compete with the top line. Unless the Senators are taking huge jumps, obviously Debrinkat's really nice, so that's a great addition. And I think that's where they're kind of getting the edge over the Panthers third line, who was really good last year. Obviously Mason Marchman's unsigned as well. But um I don't I don't think I don't think Claude Drew's done chasing that cup yet. And he can be a difference maker on a cup team. Um, you know, after winning that round last year and then getting swept in the second round. You would hope there's some unfinished business with that Panthers team, and you would hope that they can move a little bit of money around to get Claude Drew. Now 6.5 million in dead cap, very hard. Obviously, the Anthony Duclair, um, three million that you can kind of take off is gonna help. But you still got a lot of stuff. You got no movement clauses, you don't really have that many guys that you wanna trade. You necessarily don't have any guys you want to trade on contract right now. It's just who is the expendable one and at what cost is that gonna be expendable. So uh, at me, I don't know if the Panthers want to do this, but the only contract that would make things work is getting rid of Patrick Hornfist, and he has a modified no-trade clause, $5.3 mm-hmm. That's kind of the only big one that I could see. I don't see them bringing back Noel Achari because that's going to cost a little bit. If they want Claude Drew, they're going to have to move a contract, and they're going to have to do it relatively so, quickly because free, free agency opens July 13th, and this is uh, July 10th when we're speaking.
0: Yeah, and I think of I'm I'm looking at the the cap space for really any every NHL team like right in front of me with Puck Peter in front of me um, with Toronto with those cap clearing trades uh, that they that that they had and Edmonton the, their their direction looks to be goaltender in 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 trying to get someone. Carolina has 20 million cap space, but there's a lot of expiring <laughs> contracts too. So are they going to prioritize their own um their own UFAs or not? So that's a question uh to ask as well. I of course you said cup chasing for the the for Claude Giroux as well. If if he's going to go to a non-contender with with a lot of cap space, it's going to be Ottawa, but let's let's go around to the contenders as well. Um colorado doesn't have a lot it's it, chances are they're not going to be oh, able to i don't think colorado there. would
1: offer him just because he yeah. kind of bounced on colorado last season so i don't see yeah. the reason why colorado would try to add him um yeah you know it's it's florida tampa has no cap space carolina relatively doesn't have cap space maybe a couple teams out west you know i don't know how much cap space la has i think la has Six some million. noise to make over there but um if if Florida can move the contract, I think there's a lot of interest for uh, Claude Drew to come back. No state tax is going to help a little bit on those deals. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll kind of sit and see. I think between uh, I have heard Boston's name thrown around on Twitter, but um, if, if Pasternak's gone, you never know. And mm. I don't think Pasternak's going to be gone, but if, if we'll, we'll see what happens. Mm. I, I couldn't tell you where Claude Drew's signing right now.
0: Yeah. Uh, Boston is 1.4 uh, million cap space. LA has six, with not a lot of. Uh, according to Puckpedia, not too many Uf- UFAs left, um, free agents. So that's a that could be a possible threat. And
1: I like I like the team. LA now there's no reports that he's even talking to LA, but yeah, I think Florida's way higher on the contender list than LA would be. I still think Absolutely. you know Colorado is going to be the best team in the West. St. Louis is still really good. I think Minnesota. Um, obviously, you lose Fiala, but they're still a pretty strong team. Um, you know,
0: we'll have to wait and see. With Minnesota, it all depends on the situation with uh, Kirill Kaprizov and uh, the Russian government as well. Um, that all de- their their next se- next season all depends really on that for them. Um, so we'll, we'll I'm sure for Claude Drew, that's going to be a question that he asks. If that's a big if. Minnesota Minnesota does uh, show interest, but, but Minnesota does not have cap that as much well. cap
1: space. They had to get rid of Fiala because they have those cap hit, the dead cap hits of a uh, Suter and Perisay buyout. So Minnesota really has no flexibility there at all.
0: Yeah, so I I doubt it with that. It's gonna be, but from the time it's funny from the time this recording drops to the time Wednesday comes, there could be there could be so many m- many more uh, cap clearing trades from all. There, there might be these GMs might be waiting for an additional domino to drop too. We, we don't know what what's going to be the next uh, big trade to to clear some cap. Um, that's going to cost some picks even next year, or, or, <laughs> who knows, who knows what they're who knows what they're going to do. And that's why we are doing this live. We did this live, and that's why on the podcast version, you guys have gotten this version of Lock On Panthers early so that you get, you guys won't get any outdated information based on uh, the Panthers and the rest of the NHL. But Alex, I want to thank you for joining me on this live uh, Sunday night uh, slash Monday edition of the show. Tell everybody where they can find you and your work online. i keep it simple. Once
1: again, Baumgartner 91 on Twitter.
0: Awesome, and you could also follow his work on the Five Reasons Sports Network, uh, the Fifth Line 5R Show and all that jazz. Uh, as uh, him and the and the crew will be covering more about the Florida Panthers. So, Alex, thank you so much as always. Thank you. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to so be notified every single time the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to Lockdown Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steel Road, and we'll be com- will they'll be covering all the off season activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure you listen to today's edition of Locked On NHL. Locked On NHL will be covering every draft pick from the past week to every free agent signing coming up. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. It's Armando Velez with Alex Baumgartner. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.